I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. President Rodrigo Duterte has repeatedly said China has legitimate claims in the South China Sea. Moreover, he says there are practical and pragmatic reasons why the Philippines should not be overly assertive with its own rights. In fact, in his fourth State of the Nation address, the president said China is in fact in possession of parts of the disputed waters. Defense officials tried to clarify his claim, saying the president really meant to say that China is in position, not in possession, to assert its claims given its man-made islands. Whatever the president said, and whatever he meant, then even as officials try to fix the situation, this is a good time to review our understanding of sovereignty, ownership, territory, and the dynamics involved in our territorial disputes with China. Ako po si Robbie Alampay. At ako po si Attorney Ted Te, former Supreme Court spokesperson and now back teaching law at the University of the Philippines, Ateneo de Manila, and De La Salle University. And this is Te Talks, where Ted Te talks on all things law and government. In this episode, we talk about the Rectobank incident and how the government handled it. We are joined by the Director of the Institute for Maritime Affairs and the Law of the Sea and Associate Professor at the UP College of Law, Attorney Jay Batongbakal. China also claims the property and he is in possession. Yan ang problema. Sila yung in possession and claiming all the resources there as an owner. We are claiming the same, but we are not in the position because of that fiasco. Noong dalawang nag-stand of the own during the time of my predecessor. Ted, he said possession, they said position. Beyond the snickering and the cynicism of people, what's the difference and why does it matter? It has consequences. Because when Secretary Esperon said that China was in position, there, he's actually stating a fact that, yes, China is there. <laughs> it's occupying certain portions of what we claim, and they are in position. The question there is, why were they in position in the first place? But then after Secretary Esperon said this, the chief presidential legal counsel of the president, also the acting spokesperson of the president, Attorney Panello, tried to clarify it further by saying that there is no difference between position and possession. But he added that China being in position gives them constructive and legal possession. Now that's not only confusing, that's dangerous. Because he's actually admitting that China can exclude people from the territory that we actually claim and that was actually won by us in the arbitral tribunal. So it's not simply, you know, pronunciation differences. It actually carries consequences. 
Nung minaranig po ako nagsigawan, mara ng mga tao ko na babangga yung Chinese. Na nagising ako, papantanin ko maki na iniwanan na po kami. They became known as the Recto 22, the crew of fishing boat Jember 1, whose boat was sunk by a Chinese vessel at Recto Bank. From a legal standpoint, both local, constitutional, and international law, what are some objective violations that are not up for debate? Well, it should not be up for debate that the uh, Chinese vessel that was involved in this incident no, was admittedly fishing inside the exclusive economic zone of the Philippines. That in itself, uh, as admitted by the Chinese embassy, that in itself is a violation clearly of existing law under the Philippine Fisheries Code. Um, no foreign fishing vessel is ever allowed in Philippine waters, and that includes the exclusive economic zone wherein this incident took place. Then there is the matter of the of the vessel leaving the scene of the crime. Yes, and not picking up the mm -hmm. the, the fellow seamen. Not providing uh, assistance to the persons in distress. Mm -hmm. Literally, they were left to die. So that too was a that too was a violation. Yes, these are separate. Issues now. The fact that the Chinese vessel was conducting illegal fishing, that is separate from the fact that Chinese vessel, after, after having been involved in an incident with a Philippine fishing boat, left the scene and did not provide uh, assistance to the persons in distress. Okay. Now, on top of that, the other fundamental issue is how the Philippine government is therefore handling this. Ted, how would you summarize the response of the Philippine government? Maybe in one word, confused. In another word, confusing. The president has been saying one thing. The secretary of foreign affairs has been saying another thing. For example, uh, there have been statements from the secretary of foreign affairs trying to clarify the collision, allusion, whether there is any remedy to be taken. And even there are statements from the Secretary of Foreign Affairs that to the effect that the Chinese are not allowed to fish. That's totally opposite to what the President has been saying based on this agreement that no one has seen, <laughs> no one has read, and no one even knows what kind of agreement it is. The President is saying that no, they are permitted to fish in our waters. That area is claimed by both. Para sa sa China, it happened within their jurisdiction. Sa atin, within our jurisdiction because we have two conflicting claims of ownership. Okay, so there is a confusion, di ba? On the one hand, the, the Foreign Affairs Secretary says one thing, the President says one thing. I'm going out on a limb here to assume that mas malakas yung sinabi ng Presidente. Well, after all, the Secretary of Foreign Affairs is simply the alter ego of the President. So it goes back to the President. Okay, so let's get into what the president said. He said that there is actually no violation because, surprise, unbeknownst to everyone, we actually had uh, an agreement about this. Na reciprocal, hayaan namin silang mangisda dito at tayo rin, nakiusap tayo, hayaan nyo rin kaming mangisda dyan. Given that the president said this and assuming that what he said is, is true, does it in fact create a legal regime where the president can say, oh, therefore, walang violation, dahil hinayaan ko naman eh. There are several disturbing things about what the president said. First, when you're talking about the national territory, you're talking about the EEZ, sovereign rights, 
you cannot just simply say that, well, I entered into a handshake agreement with this other guy, and because he's my friend, I'm allowing him to do this. Okay? He is the president. He has taken an oath. Part of the oath is to defend the Constitution, every word in the Constitution, whether he likes it or not. There are processes prescribed for that. So for foreign relations, if you're dealing with another state, then you enter into treaties, agreements, where there are, well, there are protocols, there are you know, technical niceties, and there are approval regimes. So that's the first disturbing thing. The second thing is the Constitution itself says that as far as the EEZ is concerned, it must be reserved exclusively to Filipino citizens. So NASA Article 12, Section 2, you know, the state shall protect the nation's marine wealth in its archipelagic waters, territorial sea, and exclusive economic zone, and reserve its use and enjoyment exclusively to Filipino citizens. Exclusively. So in other words, even hypothetically, I cannot enter into a treaty properly endorsed and approved by the Senate that will allow another country to fish in our EEZ? No, I don't think so because, as Ted mentioned, no, the Constitution is clear. Foreign fishing is prohibited in Philippine waters. No? And the law is clear as well. Uh, we even put up penalties. So there's no way for him to enter in this treaty under the Constitution. With respect to defining the territory and the sovereignty that he is duty-bound to protect, what is the specific passage in the Constitution with regards to, you know, alibadito yung pinag-uusapan natin in terms of territory, in terms of sovereignty, in terms of territorial rights or whatever? The Constitution describes the mandate of the armed forces as they're bound to protect the territorial integrity of the Philippines. And you say territorial integrity, the reference point will naturally be the national territory provisions of the Constitution. And in the Constitution, there is a very comprehensive definition again of what is included in that term. And that includes all lands no, and waters of the Philippines. No? And when you say waters, it especially refers to the territorial sea, uh, the seabed, the subsoil, the insular shelves, and all other submarine areas. The article also refers to all uh, territories over which the Philippines has either sovereignty or jurisdiction. That means that it does not have to be under the full sovereignty of the Philippines. No? That is where the exclusive economic zone uh, lies. No? Because, because the exclusive economic zone is it is covered by sovereign rights and therefore it's covered by jurisdiction. Mm. So the armed forces is also duty-bound to try to maintain and protect the exclusive economic zone no? okay. to the extent that is necessary for it to protect the territorial integrity of the country. Okay. Very quickly, let's just define that again. The exclusive economic zone is 200, uh, 200 nautical miles from the coastal baseline of the, of the country. And again, as we discussed in TED Talks, the exclusive economic zone, as you've also made clear, is tama ang gobyerno, hindi yan full sovereignty, hindi natin pagmamayari yan. But sovereign rights means kahit hindi mo pagmamayari yan, kung ano yung kayamanan na nandyan, eh, tayo lang ang maaring mag-exploit, tayo lang ang maaring makinabang. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's like you don't own the entire space, but you do own all the natural resources within that space. As I discussed with Ted before, I always flag myself when lawyers attach qualifiers to what is otherwise a very objective term. So, for example, sovereignty, why the qualifier of sovereign rights? Territory 
and territorial integrity. Why the qualifier on integrity? Why didn't the Constitution just say you are duty-bound to protect the territory? I think it's because of the recognition that the Philippine territory uh, is really fragmented. We are, after all, an archipelago. So you have many different islands. And it is possible that even though you're protecting each and every island, you're still unable to maintain the integrity of the entire group because it's so easy to get in and out. What about the president's argument that actually when he brought up the matter of oil, that there was, he didn't say it and he, won't, he still won't say it, but basically his message was there was a veiled threat. Is that a valid uh, argument? Yeah, you, you can argue uh, on territory and territorial integrity from the perspective of uh, public trust. I'm arguing from the perspective that yung buhay natin ang pinakamataas na public interest dito. Dalawang bangka lang yan. Now you go there and create attention. I said, hindi ako gago na presidente na papayag na. We have to die, we must have to die with dignity. I don't think it's a valid argument because, number one, it's based only on not even an interpretation but an impression. No? He only said it will, there will be trouble. That could mean anything. No? And for him to uh, abdicate Philippine resources just on the basis of a single impression, I think, casts doubt on his judgment. We're losing our fishery resources, not only the fish, but even the habitats of fish. Number one, they have a massive fishing fleet. Uh, there are at least 15,000 Chinese fishing vessels uh, operating right now. Just 300 of those vessels can already fish out the total annual production of the Philippines every year. No, 1.2 million metric tons. And those 300 are um, seen being based on mischief and subi reef. We've seen uh, Chinese fishing vessels illegally taking giant clams from Scarborough Shoal. And to take those giant clams, they have to destroy the coral reef. Yes. And as of 2016, no, I, I've, um, by doing some some analysis of uh, photographs, there's already visible damage of at least 550 hectares of reef on Scarborough Shoal that has been scoured by these Chinese fishing vessels. And they continued on for the, uh, the next three more years. No? Yeah, but, but Jay, as it stands, is it right now actionable policy? If China therefore sends ships tomorrow, can they make the argument even uh, a year from now after that's been reversed that hey we didn't do anything the president himself said that that was the policy and we took him at his word yes they can because in fact they love verbal agreements uh, that is their preferred way of doing things these so-called gentleman's agreements i re i recall that uh, when we were um, providing technical assistance before to DFA in negotiating over mischief reef, no? um, there were many things said in the negotiating session that the Chinese did not want to put on record. Because of that, I do believe that the Chinese will take the president at his word. From now on, whenever any of our law enforcement agents uh, try to arrest or detain a Chinese fishing vessel, they will claim uh, 
that uh, they have no authority to do so because of that statement by the president. Ted, going to your point about the president's word essentially having the power of policy immediately, and that was actually my follow-up question, does this mean that until this is clarified and or challenged, the Chinese, in fact, there is no such thing as a violation in terms of entering our EEZ? It would appear to be so. And it is also the preferred uh, way of operating as far as the president is concerned. He has shown uh, reticence towards writing down his instructions. The armed forces, on the other hand, do not like verbal agreements. They go by the letter. You know, you have to tell them exactly what you want them to do and what they need to do. And so that's why the implementing instructions would probably, you know, be on the end of the AFP, taking their cue from the verbal agreement, whatever it is that the verbal agreement supposedly contains. So this is where we are. Right now, that's policy. Theoretically, how do you pull out or pull back from, from that kind of an arrangement? Well, number one, because he insists it's a verbal agreement, uh, it is his burden to withdraw from that agreement. Uh, on the part of the implementing agencies, AFP, BFAR, Coast Guard, etc., they may be subject to the control and supervision of the president, but they are also subject to following Philippine law. So actually, they are now the ones caught between a rock and a hard place. On the one hand, you had a president saying, that he's allowing a violation of law, but those agencies are also bound, they're also mandated to prevent violations of law. So if they are now going to arrest Chinese fishers, they will be actually implementing the law contrary to what the president wants. If the order, in other words, is do not arrest foreign fishermen entering into our EEZ, does this theoretically leave our Coast Guard and the military room to say, that, no, that's an unlawful order and therefore we will not comply? Well, actually, yes, if they were disposed to do so. No? Because if they carry out that order, they themselves will be subject to uh, action. They could be co themselves committing a crime. And that's why, they're, like I said, they're caught between a rock and a hard place. They cannot implement this without themselves also violating the law. And they can be separately proceeded against, no? So even if uh, somebody doesn't go after the president, the uh, subordinates can still be held accountable under the law. Maraming salamat, Attorney Jay Batong Bakal. Muli, ako po si Robby Alampay. At ako po si Attorney Tete. Don't forget to subscribe to Puma Podcast. Just search for us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode was produced by Katrina Ventura, edited by Nico Bolante. Maraming salamat po. Music